Hey, hey everyone, Tamara here, your host. As you know, I've been on a kick about overcoming the pitfalls of stress and overwhelm and kind of frustration and work and life. And I've partially been on this kick because number one, I know that for all of us, unlocking your best brain is the key, the key to unlocking your best self. The magic is all inside of us if we just figure it out, right? How to unlock us at our best, which as you all know, I have a tool for, and it's called the Innovation Quotient Edge Assessment. It's the only tool that tells you your everyday innovator strengths, your unique style of innovation, how your brain is hardwired to perform at its peak, add its most value, be its best, most confident, bold self. If you haven't taken the assessment already, do it. We also have a challenge coming up. I think this releases on Tuesday, right after Memorial Day. So that Thursday, in a few days, we have the challenge or the best self, best life challenge, 21 day challenge, people across the globe, gonna be epic, join us. But that's not what I wanna talk about today. Today I wanna to add or talk about a small piece of that that is just as important. And if you listened to my podcast last week, where I talked about being in a little bit of a state of, or a lot of maybe, in a state of overwhelm and kind of trying to figure out how to get out of those mental traps that we get stuck in. So mental games, mental residue, mental sewers. If you haven't listened to it, go back because there's some ahas that happen in there. But I've been on this kick when I realized that I am overscheduled, overcommitted. I have too much stuff in my closet. Um, I have too much stuff in my kitchen. I just, I've been on this kick for the, the kind of less is more. And I started to do all this research about the minimalist mindset and the minimalist life and, you know, less is more and how to simplify your life. And I kind of pulled it all together to create a framework for myself that I started calling the less life. And I know that doesn't sound inspiring. Um, minimalist sounds way better, but this isn't a concept about stuff. It is about your mental and physical surroundings and capacity and state. And so I've been on this kick and I saw this great line and I saw it time and time again in different people's blogs and books and videos. And the line was something to the effect of, you can't add without subtracting. And I am not ashamed to admit that that kind of blew my mind because I don't know about you, but I'm a person that tends to add to my plate. I don't want to take things off. I just want to add more. So I add more to-dos. I add more responsibilities. I take on more than I should, right? So I've got stuff and commitments and like tasks and responsibilities. I'm notorious for adding more goals than I should be. Are you that person? Do you know what I'm talking about? Where like one or two big goals would be great. No, 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 no. I like to add like five more goals to that to make it almost unattainable because it's too many. And it is too many, by the way. I say this as a free spirit wrapped in a type A personality, right? I'm always battling, but I always want more. I'm all about addition. Let me just pile that plate up until like I've started to experience a couple of weeks ago, I go into overwhelm and then I get frustrated and then, right, the mental traps kick in and all that stuff. And then I can't be my best self, my creative capacity, my ability to find those innovative solutions and see and seize those opportunities to be big and bold, all of that kind of gets chipped away at. 
So this less life started to intrigue me and I started to create a little bit of a plan for myself. Okay, how am I gonna, how am I gonna cut out stuff in my life? And I started to really think about it. And I actually started with the mindset of, all right, what does it mean to have a less life? And what do I have to embrace to really make it happen? So I dug, I dug, I did some research. I came up with four that I'm going to share with you um, in a minute. And kind of this less life mindset that has helped me stay on track. And I have to tell you, let me just jump to the kind of last chapter of the book and then back up. Since I've started doing that, since I've removed things from my life, since I started taking that phrase, you have to subtract in order to add seriously, a lot of good things have happened. And one of the things I think that's interesting that I realized along the way is that we, I think, just inherently see addition as good, right? Inclusion and adding is good. And we see subtracting or removing as bad, right? That's an, that has a oddly negative connotation to it. But here's what I have found. Addition can be good too, but subtraction is great. It leads to space, both physically and mentally. It leads to simplicity. And in simplicity, there is quality. There is clarity. Simplicity is so great. So as I started to focus not on adding, actually, let me say it. Let me say that differently. As I started to focus on only adding the things I really cared about and subtracting the things that aren't serving me, I started to see a shift in the last two weeks. In fact, a huge shift. First of all, my creative capacity has shot up tenfold. So what do I mean by that? Well, my innovative mind, like the gears are moving. I have the mental space and the clarity in the room to really think. So the ideas are flowing, the creative efforts are flowing, the innovative mind is in full swing. Like I just, I feel like if my cap was, you know, at one level, if you're looking at me on the YouTube video, you see my hands, but if not, you know what I mean? Like if it's here at my neck level, now I'm like way above here in the stratosphere. And that was a huge, huge change. Like I, I had a book idea really come to life in my head while I was in the shower the other day that I've just been stuck on for three years which by the way, next week, I'm going to talk about what to do about that idea that you just can't let go of, you know, the one that nags you. That's, well, not next week, that's Thursday. But my point is like solutions are right in front of me. The work I do feels like I'm all in and performing at my peak and I'm in the zone. Like it's just, everything's been dialed up. It's like I went from, you know, a couple colors in focus, like if you're watching TV to it being like 4D all of a sudden. It's so Great. And it happened pretty quickly when I started subtracting stuff from my life. So that's the first thing. The second thing is my happiness has gone up. So I'm less overwhelmed. I'm less stressed. I feel way calmer and at ease. Um, I think as I've talked about before with the mental residue, right? When you add task to meeting to task to meeting, you end up creating all this weight in your brain that you carry around and that creates a lot of stress. So removing that, has made my happiness, my joy actually go up quite a bit. And I've noticed, I just noticed it really much, so much this weekend. I was really present with my kids when I was spending time with them. And I always try to work on being very present, but it was particularly good <laughs> this weekend. And I think that's the culmination of two weeks of my less life. And I am loving it. And as I kind of alluded to with creative capacity, my productivity is shot up. I'm doing more 
and I'm doing it better. I'm doing more of the right things better in less time. More of the right things better in less time. How great is that? Because now I have more, first of all, I'm just, my flow is there, number one. And number two, I'm very intentional about, I don't have all day to get this done. This is not a busyness day. Let's, this is stuff that has to get done. I'm better prioritizing. I'm doing the right things. I'm doing them well, so I don't have to spin my wheels in them or come back to them. And I know that I'm going to value and get to my blank space, like my free time. That's just as critical to me. It's all coming together. So let me share with you a little bit about kind of how I how I got to this last life and some examples. Um, I want to share with you. Well, I'll share, share with you how I got there, but I mean more the mindset uh, and then two things that I did to help me figure out how to make it happen. And I hope that you can make it happen for you. I think the less life leads to your best self, right? I was talking in the beginning about how strongly I feel about your best brain is the best you. I know that's true. We all know that's true when our gears are like all the engines are go and the gears are moving and they're oiled and we're doing things and we're doing them well and we're doing them right and we're seeing the opportunity, like all of it, okay? So we want to remove the things that are not serving us and not helping us get there. So let's talk about that. I got to put my glasses for this one. <laughs> You're just watching. I can't see anything without my glasses anymore. Okay, number one is of the mind. This is the four mindsets. And, and mind you, I did a lot of research. I went and looked at every article, blog, everything I could find. And I wanted to narrow it down to the ones I thought were really going to matter. And then I put them into practice for the last two weeks to see how it played out. And these are the four that really proved to be significant, proved to make an impact. And I, I thought made it simple. Um, I was laughing because I was looking up one kind of how, how to have a minimalist mindset. And it said the 25 keys to having a minimalist mindset. And I thought, 25? Well, that's not very minimalist. Like, can't we narrow this down? <laughs> it's ridiculous. And some of them were, I don't know. I don't want to call them stupid, but they weren't worth the time. Okay, but I've done my research is my point. And then I practiced it because I'm an experiential risk taker. That's my innovator style. So I got to put it into practice to make sure it works. So here's the four, ready? Number one is value white space. We need downtime. We need free time. We need time mentally where we are not taking in stimulus or doing, right? And putting out. So I'm just going to date myself for a minute. I'm, I'm in my 50s. So I grew up in the, in the, I'm a child of the 80s, true product of the 80s. And I used to spend a lot of time outside with a spoon, just digging and doing nothing. I never forget my Abba, my dad used to, I'd, it'd be Saturday morning. He'd be like, here's some, like, here's some utensils, go outside and play in the backyard, which right. Nobody would do that now, but God, what a gift. You just, you didn't have something to look at all the time. And I catch myself. I catch myself. If I'm in between phone calls, I'm scrolling on TikTok. Why? I can't have five minutes of downtime. So you got to start to really value the white space. I have started to covet my white space. I schedule it in to make sure it happens. And in that time, I just, I have space and space might look different than, for you than it does for me. For me, space can be cleaning. It can be sitting and doing nothing. It can be just reading a good book. It can be walking the dog. Like I think we all have different versions of what white space works, works for us, but you get the point. 
I'm not doing busy work. I'm not chained to my calendar for that time. I'm not looking for like some output from that time. To me, that time is just time that I'm just there. And I, my brain needs that. Your brain, all of our brains need that. So you got to value the white space mentally, but also physically. My kids hate it, but I say it all the time and they know I'm right. I say a messy room is, and they'll say back a messy mind. Totally believe that. If your space is cluttered and messy, your brain is cluttered and messy. I can't work when my desk gets too messy. And I love making the mess. I love that part. In fact, I made bagels this morning and made a hot mess in the kitchen. It was everywhere. But then I cleaned it all up because I really like counter space. And the same as in my office. When I'm working on a project, I will have sticky notes. Right now, I have sticky notes everywhere. But they're organized. They're crisp. The rest of my desk is clean because I've learned that messy space is a messy mind. So to have this less life and get that clutter out of your brain, you got to have time for white space and you got to physically have space. So number one in mindset is value the white space. I've come to really value it. Like I said, I almost covet it. Number two is value productivity and joy over busyness. You've heard this time and time again, in, in the US or Western cultures in particular, we look at busyness as success, but it is not. And if you look at the most successful and the happiest people in the world, they are not busy, they're productive. There is a difference. So when you start to really value productivity and joy, meaning you get the right things done at the right time and you go into it with the right mindset over you know, filling nine to five or whatever kind of your time is with just stuff, you really get into that less life because you do more and less time, like I was talking about earlier. And um, here's the other thing I'd say is I think people who are productive have more white space because they get the right things done, right, in less time. I'll, I'll never forget. So uh, this is my book actually too, and innovation is everybody's business, but I, I had this boss and she was a love of hierarchy and rules and busyness. And she got really mad at me and brought me into her office because I would come in early, which she didn't see. I'd come in at seven, but I'd have my stuff done and done very well. I was always the top of the junior consultants at that company in my work, but I'd be done by three or four. So I'd leave. And she got really angry with me for that. And then I started to dig, well, is my stuff not good enough? Is there something I'm missing by not being here between four and eight? Now this is in New York City too. So people tend to be in the office very late. We value that busyness. We reward it. We look at it as an accomplishment, but it's not, it sucks. And she had nothing. She couldn't find anything to get really upset with me by. And she finally just said, well, I don't like it because I'm here. And I thought, well, that's shit for you. I don't know how that's my problem, but you see my point. I valued productivity. She valued busyness. And my work was great. There was never a problem in my work. In fact, it exceeded expectations most of the time. And that was me being productive. And I got away from that. So now I'm back on that. So I want to value being productive so I can get the right things on the right time, but then also have that white space. I'm going to value that over busyness. How much stuff do we do that doesn't actually move the needle, right? It doesn't move us forward, but we spend our time doing it because we get to check it off our list or we get to feel busy. I used to be totally guilty of, I would just waste hours on email, cleaning out email, moving email, I don't know, rereading email. And it made me feel like, oh, look at me, I'm working on my business. But I didn't, I didn't move the needle forward. It 
doesn't matter. Which leads me to number three, which is prioritize everything. So did you know that the original word priority is only having one priority? You couldn't have multiple priorities. That actually started, that change in language started to come about in the 80s because, you know, we bring home the bacon and we fry it up in a pan and we do all the things, all of us. And so that whole priority became priorities. Well, originally, I don't think it even had a plural. Someone, someone tell me if I'm right or wrong about that, but I'm pretty sure that's true. Point is, you had a priority. What I've discovered is if I prioritize the things in my work and in my life, sometimes it's one big list, sometimes it's two separate, I focus on the right things, the top three that really matter. I've also found that if I do those top three, those other four through 50 tend to become irrelevant or unnecessary. Or yeah, that's that's it. There's no or there. They just tend to become irrelevant or unnecessary. So you got to get into the habit of prioritizing. You can't do everything. That's what leads to the overwhelm and you pull away all that white space that you need. You go from productive to busy and just do the things that matter, that really move you forward. Here's the deal with my email inbox. I'm going to go to back that again. It's an inbox. I don't know. There's a million emails in there. I don't put things in folders. I don't move things around. I don't cluster things. I don't do any of that stuff because it doesn't really move me forward. It doesn't help me. It doesn't help me. There's nothing about it. Most of my business is not done over emails. So what do I care? But I used to spend my time doing that because that's what I thought I should be doing. And in my head, I was like, well, this is what right successful people do. But if I was to prioritize, organize my emails versus make three new business calls, make three sales calls, those sales calls should always win. But somehow, somehow in the past, right, the emails would win. So we got to prioritize. So I make a list, but I only get three things that get to be top priority. And the number one is the biggest. And if I'm lucky, I get to two and three, right? If it all kind of starts coming to alignment, not always, but I definitely don't get to four through 50. And that's okay. Maybe sometimes I'll have 15 minutes at the end of the day and I'll knock one off here and there, but prioritizing actually matters. And you can do that in your life too. So I started doing that in my life. And I really, I put to the top friends and spending time with friends. And I think sometimes for people who are type A, like me, are really focused on career and also have kids, friends are the things that actually fall off. But friends bring you so much joy and support and community. It's all the things that you need in life, really, in friendship. So I started really prioritizing spending time with friends again, because guess what? I could do less Netflix. I could do less HBO. Like, nope, nothing as either of those platforms, but I don't need to spend a couple hours streaming. I can spend more time with friends. So you can prioritize across everything. What matters is you really treat things like a priority or not. So that's number three is get the mindset of prioritizing everything. And number four, probably tired of hearing this one, but it's true. Ready for it? say no. Say no all the time. So I heard someone say once, if it's not a hell yes, it's a no. And I think sometimes that's true. I think other times you don't know if it's going to be a hell yes until you get there, especially for people who are slightly introverted like me, who just want to hide under the blankets every Friday night, you know. But I think the point is, if it doesn't serve you, if you've got a vision for where you're trying to go in life, and something comes up, a commitment, a, another goal, stuff, people, whatever, and it doesn't serve you, say no. I have said no more in the last two weeks than I've said in the last probably year and a half, and it has felt great. And here's the interesting thing I found. I was concerned in the beginning that saying no would hurt relationships or hurt business objectives. I just thought it was going to be a problem. 
not only is it not a problem, people respect it. So I'm very kind about it. No, I can't do that right now because X, Y, Z. I like a little explanation. Maybe people need it. Maybe they don't. I like to give it because I think, hey, I have to say no at this time because my commitment plate is, you know, overloaded or because I'm really focused on this. So I can't focus on that right now. When this ends, maybe we can loop back. Just gives people some context for the no versus just no. But no is a complete sentence and you should say it more often. So the four mindsets, value white space. Oh, so good and so rejuvenating. Physical and mental, value productivity and joy over busyness, prioritize everything and say no. So the less life is something that I'm gonna continue forward from here on out. It has helped me unlock my best brain. Uh, it has upped my creative capacity and my happiness and my productivity. My innovation is through the roof in a way that it hasn't been in a while. I've felt like we all do. We kind of go through these roller coasters. I felt like I'm at the bottom of the roller coaster for a while and I wanted to get back up and this did it for me. And I think what I'm seeing is, and I will loop back like in six months and we'll we'll talk about this again. But what I'm seeing is uh, it's a lasting effect. And so here's the two things that I did that I want to share with you that could just get you on the way. So number one is a grid that I want to walk you through. And then number two is something called micro habits, things that I can do a little bit less of in the moment. So I don't have to do more of it later. That's what micro habits are. So first of all, I have a, just a grid, right? So if I created a, um, a vertical and a horizontal line and I have four grid, four blocks in my grid, here's what's in the four blocks. The more is top left, less is top right, change is bottom left, and learn is top right as you're looking at it. So draw that kind of the, the uh, X or whatever you want to call it, more, less, change, and learn. So I put in there all the things I want to do more of. And those are the things that I want to do intentionally, right? That's the addition part, the things that really matter to me that I'm frustrated because I'm not getting to. And then I add it to the less side. Well, we can't add without subtract, right? So let me think, what are the things that I'm going to remove so that I can do and add the things that I really care about? Then I put change. I think there are some things that I was doing that if I just adjust them a little bit, will make this less life even better. And then learn. What are some skills that I can learn along the way? They're going to help me keep this less life and all these things and keep my best brain going. So I'll give you a couple examples in each one, just so you just have some inspiration for yours. Your list will probably look totally different. So in more, I put more open time to think and be. Gosh, I was just going from thing to thing and just really drowning in that. More um, reading. I love to read and I just never, seems like I never get to it because I got other stuff in the last column. Um, more honoring of my energy flow. So for me, that means I tend to have these like incredible bursts of innovation and then I need to take a break. And so I'll have a burst of like, after doing these podcasts, for example, I need to take 30 minutes and, and have some white space. I can't go from this to something else. My brain needs a chance to decompress. And I used to get uh, or feel really guilty about that, that thinking, well, tomorrow, if you're a, you know, a player, you should be able to just go from thing to thing to thing. But we all ebb and flow. So I want to do more honoring of my energy flow and figure out my schedule in a way that allows me to do that. More saying no. There it is. More dancing. And for me, by the way, that doesn't mean going to the club. Those days are over. It means more dancing in my kitchen while I'm cooking, not just streaming something. 
So that's something that my more. So those are things that are really important to me. So oh, and more travel, of course, because I love to travel, not for work, personal, love travel. So less, here's why I put a less, less streaming and less scrolling. Those are in the biggest letters possible because I, I don't know about you, but I was wasting a lot of time on both of those things. It's easy to get sucked down those rabbit holes, believe me. Um, less soda and caffeine. So uh, I am go, 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 go. And so coffee tends to go, 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 go with me. So more water, less caffeine than that one. Um, and fewer hours, work fewer hours. That goes back to that productivity I was saying. So let me tell you just a couple of the change and learn. So for change, I'm going to change how I track my repeatables, meaning my daily actions, my habits, um, the way I was tracking them wasn't working. So I was going through the motions of tracking, but it just, it didn't work for me. I needed something more visual and simplified. So that's what I did. And that tracking has been great and it's kept me motivated to keep going. And repeatables for me are just habits that I do repeatedly, daily, weekly, and monthly. And I like breaking it out that way because then your brain knows that stuff is coming and it knows what it has to do every day. So it's got structure, but also some flexibility to do it in the way that works for you. So, and I want to change how I was doing time management. Because as I said, I was being too busy and not productive. So that's what I want. Some of the things I wanted to change. So they're kind of in place, but need some adjustment. And then finally is learn. So as you know, um, I do a lot with online courses and webinars, and I've got that 21-day challenge coming. And I think they're pretty darn good. But I also think they could be better. I always have a way, a, a, an eye on how can you improve things, always. So I'm gonna, I wanna learn from people who have built really big courses and challenges and all these things and see what they're doing that applies to us in my world, what value I can apply to the people that I serve. So for me, it's important to keep learning in that area because I wanna put out the best qu possible quality product possible. And I think I've taken it pretty far on my own, but I'm pretty sure there's further I can take it. And I wanna learn Hebrew again. So I was originally born in Israel and spoke Hebrew and the Hebrews come and gone, mostly gone over the years. And I'd like to get back to it. So I'd like to spend some more time uh, learning Hebrew. For me, that's more of just a personal thing, but it goes back into the whole less life of doing the things that matter to you. So draw your squares, more, less, change, learn, whatever is right for you. And then the second thing I was telling you is instill some micro habits. So here's two as an example. One of them is 15 minutes of journaling and the other one is 15 minutes of cleanup every night. So I actually love to clean. I could spend all day cleaning. It makes actually makes me happy. But I don't know that's how I should be spending my time. It's very busy at the end of the day. So what I decided we were going to do in our house is 15 minutes of cleanup every night. And that means every night. So one person is doing the dishes and cleaning the kitchen. And that rotates between the boys when they're here. And But the other one and myself are spending 15 minutes dusting, sweeping, cleaning off a counter, what, whatever it is, putting our laundry away. The point is, it's a micro habit. If I could spend 15 minutes every night cleaning up, I don't, I don't have to spend all day Sunday cleaning when I could be doing other things. It's not that I don't love it, but it's not how I should be spending my time. And then 15 minutes of journaling is kind of the same. I've always wanted to have a practice of journaling. And what I was struggling with was I'd see a big blank piece of paper and think I need to journal everything for an hour, like all thoughts. It has to be this huge thing. So it always stopped me from journaling, but I instilled this micro habit of 15 minutes every morning and every night. And that 15 minutes has made it so simple and so possible because it's just 15 minutes. 
And in the morning, I do kind of like a brain dump and then gratitude. In the evening, I do a, a similar thing. It's a little bit different focus at night. But those micro habits mean we do a little less in the time, but it compounds so we don't have to do the big more. All right, I hope, I hope that sentence that I heard really sinks in with you about um, you can't add, you can't do addition without subtraction, because that's what really struck with me with this whole less life concept. And I hope this podcast episode makes you really think about what are the things in the addition side, the more side that you're missing out on because you haven't subtracted, you haven't done the less side. And there's something really powerful about the less side. There's that, what's that other phrase? Less is more. And uh, I think that's true, but I don't think so much that it's more. I think it's also better and happier and more productive. And like I said, that innovation just comes flying and that creative capacity goes up. So from here on out, you're going to see it tomorrow. That's all about the less life. And I'm going to, I'm going to loop back in, I don't know, we'll call three months, six months, and I'll tell you kind of how it's going or what else I've learned. But I think if we can get to that mindset of like really not just valuing the white space, but making sure that white space happens mentally and physically about productivity versus busyness and prioritizing and saying no, I think the other things actually start to flow. And I love to schedule it. So you'll see me schedule white space in my calendar so that nobody can schedule over it and so that I'm forced to honor it. Because like I said, free spirit, a type A personality. So it's easy for me to go back into busyness, but less. The last two, two and a half weeks have been so great that I want to keep this momentum going. And I hope you will join me with that. And I hope that you join the 21 day challenge, which starts in like three days. So don't delay. All right. Tomorrow out.